Welcome to episode number 185, Mission and Purpose. Now, last week I discussed the idea of our true identity. I stated that we already possess an identity, a spiritual identity, and we have for a significant amount of time. Now, along with that identity, captured in our pre-mortal spirits, we developed, through that identity, talents, abilities, and our preferences. Now, have you ever wondered why some people are obsessed with music, art, design, nature, animals, or drawn to particular careers such as a doctor or a social worker or a teacher or history? I know that mortal science will say that's just a combination of genetics and environment that determines those passions in our lives. I believe that our genetics and certainly our parental and peer influences can adjust the general direction, but I fully believe that much of what we can call our preferences and deep influences come from our spiritual nature, developed long before this mortal world. We had access to so much more in the way of music, art, history, nature, and knowledge in general, and we were allowed to explore those subjects and to develop our talents and our core spiritual nature. We also developed deep relationships that I fully believe continue into the earth and into mortality. When we begin to feel and develop our true identity, our true nature tends to lead us towards those preferences we developed long ago. Those talents, good desires, and relationships were what the Lord saw in us when he told Abraham, Abraham, thou art one of them. Thou wast chosen before thou wast born. Chosen can mean many things in this sense. We all came to this earth with specific missions designated by the Lord, and I believe even a few personal ones of which the Lord approved. We were fully developed adult spirits before coming here with great abilities and potential. And some of our missions before this earth regarding the development of our relationships, friendships, and our family actually came with us. I do believe that we come to earth to specific parents, siblings, relatives to whom we had very close connections, love, and deep relationships. We knew our parents very well, and they were going to practice parenting on us, and then we on our own children, even though in premortality we were related very differently to each other as brothers and sisters. I fully believe that this life is more of a continuation of the previous life than we fully understand. Rediscovering our premortal relationships, missions, passions, hopes, and dreams is actually an incredibly important part of this earthly life, and it's a significant drive within our spiritual natures. Finding a mission in life can and often is sometimes a daunting task. One, because the veil upon our minds, and two, because like our identity, the Lord provides for our missions line upon line. When I first received my patriarchal blessing, I thought that it might tell me of my mission very specifically. I knew that it would likely give me I knew that it wouldn't likely give me all the details, but I hoped that it would provide a determined accomplishment or mission I was to pursue. I found it to be more like a treasure map that reveals itself only when I have arrived at the next location on the map. I'm certain that the Lord does this on purpose, but for someone like me who likes to see and schedule the path well ahead of a time and well ahead of arriving, it can be frustratingly slow and difficult. Something also very interesting to me is that the Lord did not mention my illness in the slightest in my patriarchal blessing. 
He did not mention any of my struggles with my major illnesses. Considering the role that they play in my life and the time I have expended working through the difficulties associated with them, I would have assumed that the Lord would have at least devoted a small line in one of the paragraphs, and yet nothing of the sort. So I've spent an enormous deal of time or amount of time working through my many mental and physical health issues with all their limitations, with some success, but I have more than once noted to the Lord that I could get so many more things done if he would heal me and allow me to work without them. Now I might have heard the Lord laugh a time or two when I mentioned it to him, and I don't mean that in a rude way. I think he probably finds my lack of faith in his methodology amusing at times. I have almost always determined my illnesses to be hindrances to finding and completing my earthly mission. If not for my illness, I would have had a very different life. At least that's how the thought goes. And yet that statement alone causes me to ponder, what if my illness is a part of that mission and is instrumental in me finding my true calling in life? If not for my illness, would I have taken paths that led to places and missions that were never mine to explore? As I have pondered my illnesses and the lessons they have taught me and the experiences I have accumulated so far, I am beginning to see just how the Lord can use such difficulties to develop us in ways that provide for a true mission rather than the mission I envisioned for myself. Here then, this is what I have learned in some of all of this. Sometimes, many times, our personal missions may not match or be the ones that the Lord has purposed for us. We often find a gap between what we view as our mission and what the Lord views as our mission. For instance, I started my education in chemical engineering, thinking in a very direct path to my career. Due to my illness and a variety of other interventions, my career path has been altered far too many times to count, and yet I find myself in a career that I love very much. However, it was never the one that I contemplated, and yet my current job has many of the things I desired in my career. The road to where I am has not been easy or downhill in any sense of the word. I am often reminded of the scripture in Isaiah 55 that states this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. What if my illness, your illness, is one of the methods by which the Lord helps you to find your purpose and keeps you on the path to that next destination? What if all the issues that the illness causes are really his methods of education and learning? I often consider where I would be without my illness, would I have progressed as far as I have? Would I even still be working towards my mission and fulfilling that mission? What if my mission is found or our mission is found in the process of discovering and learning? What if we find our mission along the path the Lord has chosen and like happiness, it is not a destination, but an actual part of the journey? I've often thought about Peter. What if he had never walked on water and then failed? What if he had never denied the Christ? Now, I'm not saying that any type of sin must be a part of finding our mission, but that moment when Peter realized what he had done actually solidified his testimony of the Savior. 
What Peter experienced defined him as a leader and a prophet. Have you ever wondered why that moment for Peter was included in the scriptures, given the limited information we have about Christ's life? Peter's difficulties, in some ways, determined his mission and kept him on track. What if Joseph Smith had never lost the 116 manuscript papers? That moment solidified him as a prophet that would do the Lord's will, no matter the consequences. It was almost as if the Lord set that up for Joseph to allow him to learn. Difficult moments, problematic weaknesses, restraining illnesses seem to be the Lord's training field where he molds us and defines us and refines our mortal missions. So what if we view our mental illness as part of the method by which the Lord is providing for our mission? What if the obstacle is really the springboard? That can be difficult to see, and even more difficult to understand when you are locked into a deep episode. When we are locked into these episodes, pains, sufferings, and difficulties, we should remember that the lesson and the discovery of our mission generally follows the difficult moment and that the purpose and design is rarely visible in foresight. In almost every case in the scriptures, we find that individuals passing through difficult trials could not view the benefit until after the learning moment had passed, along with those poignant feelings and emotions. Job is a wonderful example of this particular principle. For me, I didn't begin to fully understand my purpose and mission until I viewed it through the lens of my mental health. Seeing my mental health as a part of the process was essential to understanding the process of finding my purpose in life and then ultimately what the Lord desired me to do. It seems that mental illness, for me at least, is not a stumbling block, but a purposefully designed methodology to allow me and us ultimately to fulfill our missions in life. That will be a strange concept for individuals who have struggled much of their life and continue to struggle. But for me, I believe that it has been true. And when you consider what you have learned from your illness and what the Lord has taught you, I think you might also see the very same value. However, something incredibly important should be understand, understood about our missions on this earth. We cannot find them outside the gospel of Jesus Christ. We will certainly find a mission outside of the gospel, but it will not necessarily be the one the Lord desires us to complete. We can waste all kinds of time on earthly missions that matter very little in the eternal nature of things. We can walk away from true principles thinking that we are doing a service for the Lord. But like Paul, we are actually fighting against our earthly missions, thinking in the same breath that we are doing the right thing. I am not saying that many earthly fights are not worth fighting, but that they do not have value. Many are worth the fight and do have value, but we should be very cautious on which side of the fence we are fighting and how much time we are expending upon mortal concerns. We should evaluate regularly the purposes and missions we are pursuing and if they really matter once we've passed through the veil. And then as Alma states in chapter 5, we should regularly ponder on the moment when we will stand before the Lord explaining those missions we pursued in this life. Mental illness can also very much lead us to wander on paths that appear to hold great value, but lead only to a great and spacious building. 
And Lucifer will uphold those paths, as he did with Paul, Korahor, Alma the Younger, and the sons of Mosiah, and ultimately even Judas, until all of the sudden the floor or the foundation falls out from under you, and you realize that what you thought had great value has no value at all. And worse, it has contributed to the downfall of others. We can become lost in a world of victimization, injustice, and anger that causes us to feel very justified in our actions, beliefs, desires, and provides a very feeling, purposeful mission. It is so important to realize that Lucifer has great capacity to incite us to feel justified in our missions and our beliefs that in reality that in reality have little to no value or foundation. When we find our true mission and our true nature, we will find peace, not anger, victimization, or offense. The final thought on finding that true mission in what the world terms finding yourself is that you need to seek it out and seek it out in the right places. Just because it feels good doesn't mean that it isn't that it is the right place. Lucifer can make you feel good. Mortal chemistry can make you feel good. The individuals in the great and spacious building have missions and feel good in mortality. Everything around them feels solid, right, and good, and yet they stand in a building with no foundation. So when we seek, so when we seek, we need to be careful in the finding and the seeking. We should always seek for our mission in spiritual pathways and to build up, not tear down. Destruction is Lucifer's mission, and his pathways will always lead there. However, there is something important to understand about the building up as well. Lucifer can make the building up of the great and spacious building seem as though you are building something great. We should always seek with an eye to the end in sight and what the prophets have stated, whether we agree with the prophets or not. If it does not lead to peace, then it is not likely of the Lord. That doesn't mean we seek out peace at all costs. The fight is a fight, after all, and there will be times when the world leaves no choice but to stand your ground. But even standing your ground should come with a calm and peace that leaves no room for angry words, insults, demeaning language, attacks upon character, or any other of Lucifer's, method, Lucifer's methods of confrontation. If your mission requires this type of confrontation, then it isn't of the Lord, and it isn't your mission. I know that today I've been a little bit more blunt and short, but I sincerely hope you seek to find your mission in this life and that you seek it with the Lord. Your illness can very much be a form of guidance and direction while you seek out those things the Lord desires of you. May he bless you to seek out your mission and to see your value to him and that you do have a great mission to perform. You are one of the chosen to have the gospel of Jesus Christ in your life. You are less than one half of 1% who possess such a mission in mortality right now and a calling to have the power of covenants in your life during mortality. That is certainly a mission worth fighting for and of great value to the Lord. And I hope that even with a mortal mental illness fight on your hands, you can see just how valuable you are to the Lord and to his kingdom. Until next week, do your part so that the Lord can do his.